blissfully staring into the distance. Start what I do. Uh, welcome to If It's Gay We Play, the podcast where we've no longer decided to do in media res beginnings. We just don't always, I don't know, we weren't We're switching things up. If It's Gay We Play 2.0. My name is Kai. I feel like oh, Motherfucker. My name is Kai. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I get excited and loud, I guess. Kai, well, Kai scoot back. I, well, I did. Oh, you scooted your Oh, like even more okay yeah or i can scoot this back sorry everybody we have, uh, we <laughs> have some a technical temporary uh temporary setup yeah we have a temporary mic interface because aaron's we didn't record last week because the mic interface just stopped working for no reason um so we are recording this week with our new plan um did you give your name i'm hannah my pronouns are she her hers hello <laughs> okay cool did you do your pronouns Yep. Okay. I'm extremely anxious and it's hard for me to remember things. Um, welcome to If It's Gay We Play, a podcast about being gay and playing video games. Um, we tried to record in my bedroom, but there's power lines right out to my window and we live by a TV station. So that we just, there was just so much interference. There was a lot going on <laughs> before we sat down. It was completely untenable. Um, but we, we are here with you today with an entirely new method of recording the podcast, of discussing the video games, and we're going to see how it goes. Which is to say that we just, like, are going to talk about specific things on specific weeks, and you'll find out what those are over the course of the next month. Yeah, that's a good teaser. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Um, first of all, though, Kai, um, what are you playing right now? I, I know that's kind of the body of our show, but yeah, if you just want to mention like it. Like a little not. introduction. I um, have been playing actually so many things this week because I had uh, surgery about a week and a half ago now. Um, I think I was planning on talking about that the last time that we were going to record and it, it, it wasn't relevant the time before, right? I don't know. Okay. Well, at <laughs> least you, this time I'm not question, like... Have you talked about surgery? Yeah, that's basically what I'm <laughs> the saying. The answer is I don't think so. So I've had a lot of time to play a lot of video games, and this time I'm not on opioids, so I'm not playing bad video games. I'm playing good video games. Mm-hmm. And I have finished the Red Strings Club and Gods Will Be Watching, and I've also finished, um, oh gosh, uh, One Night Hot Springs. Did you finish Gods Will Be Watching? Oh, yeah. I just finished oh. it today. Oh, okay. Um, I was struggling with it um, for days because it is probably the number one hardest game that I have ever played in my entire life uh, and one of the most worthwhile games that I've ever played in my entire life. So those are the things that I am playing because <laughs> well, I finished them. Oh, okay. I was like, why did you put quotes around that? Because I finished, lied. You have, well, you played them as recently as today. Yeah. We're never presently in the act of playing video games while we're recording. I don't know. We're like in the middle of video games sometimes when we're recording. Yeah, like we stopped the video game to go record. Yeah, exactly. That has happened. Uh, what are you playing right now? Uh, I played Grease this week was the only thing I really played. Um, I might have played a little Spyro. I don't remember. It's been a, a rough week. Uh, I got... I guess it's been a little over a week since I got a concussion. Not yeah. this past Tuesday, but the Tuesday before. It was right before I got my surgery. Concussion. It sucked. It was the worst. Um, so, yeah. And I've had some some life stress, um, work-related and otherwise. So, I have not been as... And I basically my time is very occupied by things I'm doing. So, I haven't had a ton of time to play video games. I've had rehearsals and what have you. Um, so, Grease is the only thing I've really played. Um... Over the past couple weeks, and it's really good. I finished Grease, and we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. Alternatively, I've had literally nothing but time to play video games, so I have played a lot of video games. Boy, howdy. Yep. We're a mess, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, everything's hard. It's winter, but my birthday's next week, so there's, that's good. How old are you going to be, Hannah? I'm going to be 26. It is my health insurance birthday. Oh, I love that. Which is to say... I live in America, and when you you only get to be on your parents' health insurance, you're 26, um, and because we have to pay exorbitant, still behind the couch, uh, quantities of um, money to exist and to have health care in this country, uh, when you're 26, you have to start buying your own health insurance, which is very expensive, so I'm not too stoked on that. I'm stoked to have it done and figured out, but I'm not too stoked on... Uh, Having to pay for it. The paying the money. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping when I go to Edinburgh this summer that I will find a well-to-do Scottish wife, Scottish lass to be my wife, and then I will just not, I will just move there and, or elsewhere and get citizenship and not have to pay for health insurance anymore. That's my plan pretty much anywhere I go, really. Yeah, totally. Um, 
Aaron forgot what side of his computer plugs in. Aaron, what are you playing this week? <laughs> yeah, you. That's, yep. Lena DeKai's mic. Come here. Get over here. Well, uh, I, I decided to treat myself um, <laughs> after the holidays because um, I've been hosting people. So I got the Spyro Reignited trilogy yeah. finally. Um, I bought it with that good, good dentist screw-up money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, also Overcooked 2. Which I heard is that's really good. One of too. the most fun games I've ever played. Also very frustrating at times, but like really fun. It's just like uh, it's like Diner Dash on on uh, amphetamines. Man, I love Diner it's really, Dash. It's really creative. I gotta play that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard really good things. I've it's on a too. bunch of lists of like, ooh, sorry, I just ran my chin into the mic. Sorry, <laughs> listening public, it was closer to my face than I thought it was. Um, it's on a bunch of lists of like the best indie games for the Switch. So um, I'm curious. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks that's like really cool. A, a good to get high and play. It's very colorful and uh, repetitive. I think so. Those are always fun games. I'm to a play. huge fan of that. I'm so excited I'm for high. when you can get high again, so you can like. Be less stressed. Yeah, my anxiety has been through the fucking also roof. Also available for the PlayStation. Also for the PlayStation. It's also available for the PlayStation. The I'd PlayStation get it for the, 2. I'd, yep. The it's, best yep. console of all time. <laughs> it's, pro- it's also available for the Switch, which is probably what I'd get it for, because it seems like a good game to play handheld. Oh my god. What if... Okay. I know that there is a retro gaming community, but what do you think that there's going to be a time... Where you know how they're making new vinyl records, yeah, like of new where they're albums. making new PlayStation games. Yeah, do you think they're gonna make new like PlayStation Two games one of these days? Like go backwards into no. technology. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. But they might come out with like the PlayStation Two again. Like it looks like, like the when PS2 they came out, it's all updated with the uh, with the like Super Nintendo. Right. Well, they, there is a, yeah. a PlayStation Classic. They're coming out with that. Which oh, are you is the serious? same thing as like the SNES Classic, where you just so, plug it in to your computer and it has a bunch of digital original PlayStation games on so it. So without knowing about that, are you telling me I just invented it? If by invented, I mean you mean examined uh, popular gaming trends and just logically extrapolated that one of those would be next. Because um, yes. I feel like the PlayStation is the other... Uh, console that has like classic games associated with it because yeah, like, i don't think they're ever gonna make like whatever. an xbox classic because what would be on it halo yeah and like nothing else i mean i don't know there's I... not a lot of like <laughs> xbox franchises you know what i mean no that's, that's my, true i think i think that's, that's because am, am i wrong here that the original xbox came out later than the original playstation and the original i mean i know it came out after the super nintendo why are you looking at me like that because you were taking so long to finish your sentence i'm sorry it's, I wasn't being mean. I was just looking at you expectantly. Okay. You asked why I was looking at you like that, and I <laughs> well, answered right. you. I don't um, know what you want. So, do you th- was is that true? Do you think? I don't remember. Okay. Um, I don't I know. I think you're. I think Aaron, that's I think what right, I thought that the too. Xbox came out around same the time as PlayStation Two, because that's what I suspected. So that probably explains game. why there are less like classic games for it right it could be and also just like i think in general microsoft just isn't good at like inventing franchises because it's not like microsoft is new to having video games it's no. just new to i think microsoft uh, is new to having personality because i think the right, thing about yeah. the playstation yeah, 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 yeah. and the nintendos is that um they have cultivated aesthetics and personalities yeah. and microsoft is like we uh, make computers yeah hello i feel like that's where nintendo really misstepped with the Wii, though, and it's now what? back on track with the Switch. With the Wii U, they misstepped with that, I would I say, not the Wii. With, uh, to me, the Wii, I know it's like was at the time one of the best-selling consoles of all time, but, I mean, name me, like, games besides already existing Nintendo franchises. Well, that's, that's not fair because all Nintendo AAA games are pretty much all from existing franchises. Like, every system is, like... This is just part of an existing franchise, you know what I mean? But right. are you saying like there well, was there a... were there were like uh, indie games that could be made? No. Yeah, there were. Wii. Wait, wasn't weren't there indie games that were made for the Wii? Because I remember Not I don't know ton. if this was an indie game, but it was that one game with the like hard looking dude with the sunglasses and the lightsaber, and you would like oh, kill people. That uh, just got released for the Switch. It's no, called... that just got re released for the Switch. Right, there that's... was a previous game. I... I know. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying that that had just come out. And no, I was I'm making saying up this it just story. got released on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It it was just ported to the Switch. Oh, if you want okay. me to use fucking you, 
pedantic ass. I really didn't understand. <laughs> um, uh, Travis is back. I think is what it's called. Yeah, the guy's I think that's name legitimately is, what it's called. The I guy's think it's name Travis. is. It starts with a Tra- T. It starts Tyler. Travis strikes again. Travis, Travis strikes again. See? Oh, I but I think you're no more heroes. Is the that's the one I'm thinking one. of. I'm yeah. thinking of no more heroes. Thank Usually you. Just uh, port it to the Switch. Is that a good um, game? You should get it on the Switch. Yeah. Not just you. I mean, like everybody, everyone. You. So yeah, there were a modicum, but not. But at the time, there weren't really that many indie games for consoles in general. Like indie games, pr- pretty much lived on the computer. Well, now that we're talking about indie games, I don't know. I feel like there was a big community of like really good indie games on the Xbox 360. I remember very distinctly playing a lot of awesome single player RPGs that were like uh, also like um like strategy games mm-hmm. that were indie. I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed a lot of those uh like small, low cost, low budget games. They had a lot of really good stories on there for the yeah. 360. I'm just saying, well, maybe the 360 was where it began because before that, like with the original Xbox and stuff, there weren't really a lot of like at the time there were just weren't a lot of indie games on consoles in general at the time of like the Xbox, the original Xbox and the PlayStation and the PS2. Not a lot. Yeah, I mean, we're not a lot of good ones. I'm inclined to believe you. I feel like the the concept of any gaming as a popular thing sort of originated on the computer because it was easier. Oh, yeah, that's very true because it's hard to... I imagine the concept of the indie game came from, like, stuff like Flash games and, you know, stuff before that, like, uh, text-based... Yeah, I have um, no basis to say that, but uh, I bet that was a contributor, the advent of Flash games. Um, Anyway, why were we talking about this? Uh, We just kind of got on a tangent where I said, um, what if the PlayStation had new games released for and it. And I just said like the PlayStation vinyl. Classic exists. Yeah. Uh, but they're not going to like press new PlayStation original games. They could maybe no. make an 8-bit game or like a, not even 8-bit, like a, you know, shitty graphic, shitty 3D game for a new PlayStation. All I want Wouldn't is that be to wild? be, that would be wild, if is to be. shitty 3D <laughs> animation, like three, shitty 3D game animation became as popular as like 16-bit and 8-bit stuff is right now, if one day it was like, we're going to start making games that look like GoldenEye again, that would be wild. I should, yeah, that would be wild. Oh, well, they did. Did they? Yeah, there's actually this great game. Here's what else I've been playing, actually. Um, yeah, get over here. You know those IO games? Like, uh... It's the .io games, like snake.io or itch.io. That's not a game. That's a site. That's a website. Is that based off of itch.io? is a website where you you buy indie games. Oh. Not all. (laughs) There are some indie games on itch.io. It's primarily indie games. Right, but I'm saying not all indie games. Oh, I don't know about itch.io. I thought there's lots of .ios that are these online games that don't They're like high quality games not all high quality but they're games that don't require any like installation of anything or any downloads mm. and you can just kind of log on to the website and play this this game that's mostly competitive multiplayer stuff oh cool um, and this one is kind of a cross between GoldenEye and uh, Counter-Strike and I it's called that. Krunker K-R-U-N-K-E-R dot I-O cool and I've been playing a lot of that because it's an absolute blast that sounds great yeah cool wow okay and you can um, start a clan and Play with friends. Cool. I want to play with you. I feel Um, like that, well, maybe this is how the, like, because now I feel like even, like, companies with money are purposely making 16-bit games for the aesthetic, and I feel like a free online game is more just, like, we don't have any money, so this is what the game looks mm -hmm. like. Like, I don't think, I think they're focusing on story more than aesthetic, but they're not, like, purposely making it look shitty in the way that people are purposely making, like, 8-bit games. I guess is what I'm saying. There's not like a, uh, I don't think there's like a, an aesthetic yet that is the appreciation of how like Ocarina of Time looks. I think the whole reason I brought this up is because I want to be rewarded for having held on to my PS2 for all these years. I just want somebody <laughs> to come up to me and just like pat me on the back and say, hey, Kai, Good you job. really maintained this console. Dude, when the bomb hits the PS2, the original PS2s will still work. Those things are, are fucking bricks. They're great. Yeah, they're I really hardcore. I had a couple of, after the PS2 like Slim came out, I had one or two of those for some reason. And those each broke in like two years. Those were so shitty. Whereas the original ps2 that sounds like an engine revving when you turn it on it sounds like a generator at a farmer's market and it still works works great I now there's surprised. no surprised 
no reason to use it because I have PS4. But anyway, and now they're remastering. That's the thing that's funny to me about the PlayStation Classic, and I'm sure there are a lot of great games on it. Is they keep but remastering But they're, they're remastering games. a bunch of the classic PlayStation games. So why do you need to buy it? So yeah, yeah why would I, I buy a? Pla- I mean, maybe again, maybe there's other stuff on it. But why would I buy a PlayStation Classic and play like old shitty looking Spyro? Why wouldn't I just play Spyro Reignited? Because I don't think they have any plans to reboot the uh, Lion King game for the original <laughs> PlayStation One, and oh, I would really or like the to Harry play Potter that. and the Chamber of Secrets PlayStation the Two best game, game oh of all God. time, the one that we've talked about before. All I'm we've saying also talked is about Prisoner of Azkaban on the PC. Hannah, yes, Kai. What is the gayest thing you've done this week? <laughs> uh, I have. Oh, I last week I joined. Hi, Tori. Tinder and um, OK Cupid, which is gay. Uh, just out there, you know, looking for love in the modern world. Tori's about to climb into a box, and she's going to regret that decision. Very yeah, it's going to fall over immediately. Um, um, so well, that's fun. Yeah, just you know, twenty six, flirty and thriving, trying to put my name out there. Um, so I joined OkCupid okay and Tinder, and because uh, sapphics are the way that we are, uh, almost nobody messages each other because that's how it is. And uh, it's funny because it, it theoretically it's so depressing to be on dating apps, and I get that for a lot of people, but I don't really care about it. So it's I don't like I have no investment in it basically. Like if I can meet somebody cool, if not, I don't care. But also uh, for me, it's like this weird affirmation where like forever I felt like I'm never gonna find anybody, and everybody cute in this city is either like straight or already taken, and like how do you people even meet people? And there's like no queer people in the world. Oh my God. I, whatever. Just like in a dating context. Like okay. Like, literally, how am I going to meet somebody? And then I got on Tinder and OkCupid and I'm like, oh, here's where all the dykes are. They're on Tinder and OkCupid. Yes, we are. However, um, I just want to refute a point earlier that you said that online dating is sad. I hardcore disagree because a lot of our friends have actually yeah, met through no, online dating. No, I agree. I'm just saying there's like a stereotype oh. to it being kind of depressing and like shitty to be on Tinder. kind of gone away over the past couple of years because Maybe. online dating has really shifted in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, but I still feel like there's like a there's like a stereotype with being on Tinder as like, oh, whatever, I'm, it's a coping mechanism or something. Uh. I don't know. Um, anyway, I'm enjoying it. it. I just kind of treat it like a game. <laughs> uh, and it's fun. That's gay. Uh, it is gay. I mean, and not treating it like a game. I've yeah, also been playing, been playing Tinder and OkCupid. Okay, I've been playing week. Swipe Left and try to start a conversation with a never, another living human. You're swiping right to say that you like them, swiping left to say that you don't. Okay, I still don't Hannah know. Hannah gets that mixed up very regularly and I make fun at of her. It, I mostly get it right because it will show up before you complete the swipes. Yeah, so it make says sure. like, are you, are do you, you know what you're doing, uh, Hannah? But in my head, I just cannot remember which is which. <laughs> See, for me, I'm matter. like, it's like a common phrase to say swipe right or swipe left. It is, but I don't remember which one is the good and which one is the bad. <laughs> it's I just it's know left that... because left is the hand of the devil. Oh, I see. Yes. That actually will help me remember that it. It's has like helped a me mnemonic remember for remembering it. it. Yeah. They follow yeah. the left-hand path, which is they... to say, get them out of here. Exactly. Uh, and if swiping right is right on, this person's cute. Uh-huh. Um, you got it. I got it. Thank you. You're welcome. I also uh, had a production meeting this morning with another friend to start another queer podcast. So That is homosexual. Yes, thank you. Um, Kai, what's the gayest thing you've done, I guess, since we last recorded? Um, I think the gayest thing I've done is have a queer community widespread enough that without having any, uh, like, blood family in this city i have managed to have an entire surgery aftercare recovery team where a friend drove me to the surgery and a friend brought me food and i have just had consistently a lot of friends come over and uh and take care of me so i think that's probably the gayest thing i've done this week unless i can think of anything else off the top of my head um immediately cool the gayest thing, perhaps, is the uh, aftercare, like surgery recovery, wherein I was told to um, stay in bed and drink a lot of caffeine, which I think are two gay things. Well, it's also two seemingly contradictory uh, things. Yeah. <laughs> well, not like sleep in bed. I I know. <laughs> Just like drink drink a lot of caffeine. So I've gotten back on Lay coffee. in bed and drink coffee. Which I think is uh, gay culture. It is, and that's also just, uh, I know, not recovering from surgery. That would be a delightful series of activities to just lay in bed and drink coffee. Oh, I used to do that a lot of mornings. It was yeah. just really great. Um, it's and been cold as mother 
It's Fuck. been so cold. Denver. Now, well, or very warm. Like, yesterday it's, it's beautiful, so naturally. It's ridiculous. Today it's super snowy and shitty. But anyway, I just really appreciate the fact that something that is, uh, like, seen as a queer thing is having, like, a community that is mm-hmm. there to support you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I just think that's really tight. Even though it, like, originates from our families abandoning us, I still think it's yeah, very tight. Yeah, but now it's just, like, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I want to... I think the phrase blood family is really cool and I want that to refer to you all instead of my my born family. Blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb. That's what I'm saying. My water family. So we should drink each other's blood. That's yes. what I'm saying. We should drink I'm each other's blood. I'm arguing for that. I'm not arguing for that. Please don't do that. It's I'm not arguing for... I'm arguing for period sex. I mean, yeah, fine, but that's different from drinking someone's blood. Getting blood in your mouth during period sex is very different from consciously drinking a vial of someone's blood. I don't think anyone's mentioning vials. I know, but just like, conch, like when I'm, I don't know I about you. I just take it straight from the tap. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm getting someone out, I'm not like gulping down their fluids. It's not drinking their blood. No. Oh, no. In the way that it's not drinking their pussy juice. I hate. I, I regret saying. I regret everything that I decided to do today. Um, I got my hair done from our close friends, <laughs> and I think that's the biggest thing that I've saying, done this week. You don't drink um, when you're down there. And ideally. our other queer friend called Guy. me broccoli boy because my hair is green. It was Addie. <laughs> it you walked into a grocery store. And Addie I went, to... "Oh, broccoli boy," you say. That she did say that. Reportedly, Kai says that Addie. Said it was not the was first not. thing that came out of her mouth, but it was perhaps the third or fourth. You said it was the first thing. Well, no. I, mean, I didn't. You did. I don't know what to tell I you. I did not say that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that. Okay. Are we are we at the midpoint now? Can I can I read our uh are we? I don't I'm know. Probably yes. not. Okay. Oh. Twenty two minutes. Fabulous. Um I have We can also do whatever whenever. <laughs> I know, I'm asking if we're at the midpoint because I wanna read uh, our cross podcast promotion. Well, I'm saying you can do that at any point, it doesn't have to be anyway. Bop ba bop 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 ads. Thank you, that's all I wanted. Um Tabletop Potluck is a diverse actual play podcast showcasing the wide world of pen and paper role playing games. Whether you're an experienced player or a newbie, you're welcome to sit at our table and see what we've brought to the potluck. Mm-hmm. You can find them on iTunes Apple Podcasts. or I'm sorry, yeah, Apple Podcasts or wherever your fine podcasts are sold. Mm-hmm. And um, I have just reached the uh, masks portion of Tabletop Potluck, cool. which I'm very excited about. I'm listening from the very beginning because I'm less interested in like new tabletop games and i'm more interested in like experiencing i I mean it's not like they're whatever um some in the masks portion and it's very fun because something that didn't make any sense i appreciate about tabletop potluck is the fact that they have such a diverse gender characters thing Mm -hmm. that they do a diverse gender character i'm a diverse gender character uh and i don't know that's just really cool because i feel like something that's underutilized in tabletop gaming is the fact that you can literally make your uh character be anything that you can Mm -hmm. conceive of including like gender wise and you can just work the game around that Uh you know i just think that's so tight you could just be like hey it doesn't matter because it doesn't affect whatever. Or, know? yeah. Just like in real life, you can just like not worry about it too much. Uh, um, your gender does affect a lot of things well, in real yes, life. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. In your fantasy world, it doesn't. That's and what true. I'm saying in real life is you don't have to let other genders worry, other people's genders worry you too much, is what yes. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Except for on dating sites where I don't want to see or be seen by straight people. Yeah. Well, that's less of a gender and more of a sexuality. There's some gender thrown in there. I guess. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about our main topic this week? <laughs> yeah. Ba 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 ba. No more ads. I think that was different from what I did last week. I like it. I no. It's it's like you're supposed to you're supposed to do a different thing each week. You know. It's like uh, it's like wonderful. Uh yeah. Except they've started doing the same thing every week. No, Griffin does a different mashup every week. Oh okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, this week uh is the theme of our week. Our first theme that we're rolling out in this new world is Indie Game Roundup. Indie Game That's Roundup. That's right, everybody. The third Monday Woo! of every month, you are going to get our Indie Game Roundup, where we've played uh, a few indie games um, from on various consoles, and we're going to talk about them. So yeah. uh, this week, I played Grease. 
Oh, and this week I played Red Strings Club, Gods Will Be Watching, and One Night Hot Springs. And my favorite thing about indie games that I want to mention before we even dive in is that a lot of these indie games that we have previously played for the podcast as well as just generally are kind of uh, similar to tabletop games wherein it's just like uh, an individual as opposed to a corporation that needs to worry about like mass appeal creating these games. Mm -hmm. So there's so much more possibility for like queer characters and queer creators and like uh, folks of color making games Mm -hmm. when they're kept out of the gaming industry. So like... I don't know. I'm just really excited that we're going to be f- placing more focus on indie games because yeah, at least one just, week. Yeah, yeah, at least one week a month we're playing indie games. Yeah. Um, so, Kai, do you want to talk? Uh, I took some notes um, reviewing uh, Greece while I was playing. Greece was fantastic. It was so good. I've heard nothing but good things about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was really, 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 really beautiful. It was like one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, it was definitely one of, if not the most um, beautiful game I've ever played. It was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I've seen you down here playing it a couple of times, and I was just transfixed by the visuals. I had no idea what story was going on, but it looked like a work of art, mm-hmm. like, a, like yeah. a painting in a museum. Yeah, it's very... And it's pretty short, too. It's only, like, eh, probably four hours tops. Oh, wow. I played it just in two, like, sit-downs. Dang. Yep. Do you have anything else about the game that you want to say, like story-wise? Oh, I, so I know many I, things. I just didn't okay. know if you wanted me to go first or if you wanted to go first. I have three games that I'll be talking about, and I want to end with Red Strings Club because there's a greater discussion involved with that. Okay. Um, so do you want me to talk about one of my games first? Uh, yeah, and then I'll talk okay. about Priest. So One Night Hot Springs is a, really, is a really quick game, and it's primarily just like decisions that you can make for a trans woman in Japan who's going to spend the night at a hot springs um, for her friend's birthday. And she, um, I think an important element to be aware of in this game is hot springs in Japan, you are naked. And a lot of them are gender segregated. And this specific trans woman um, has not had any uh, surgeries that she may or may not want to have. Um, so, like, were she to be naked, she would not be, uh, passing, so to speak. Um, so this, this game basically explores the series of decisions that you can make surrounding this experience one night in the hot springs, and I think my favorite thing about the game is the, the art is very simple and very cute. It's a very, uh, easy way to introduce yourself to being queer in a different cultural context. Um, I know that it obviously does not give the full extent of what this means, like, in Japan to be trans as a woman, but, like, it it, it provides just, like, this tiny glimpse into a life. Um, and it, I don't know, it's a really short play. I think it probably took me, like, 20 or 30 minutes, but there are a lot of different options for what you can do and what can happen in it. Um, yeah, I just think that it's, uh, it's really, it's really valuable. I think that games can be used more as, as a lens to, like, inform about specific situations just like this. I thought it was really cool. Cool. And you liked it? I loved it. I would fully recommend it. Cool. Uh, neat. That sounds like a neat little game. Yeah, it was a a very neat little game. Uh, how much is it? Where can you buy it? Um, let me look up how much it is again. Um. Where'd you get it? Itch.io? I got it at itch.io, yeah. Um, it's available on Steam and itch.io, but I'm super less into supporting Steam these days. Um, it's $5 or less? Yeah, it's probably, uh, donation-based, I would imagine. A lot of stuff on itch.io is sliding scale or donation-based. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it's pay what you want or, um, yeah, it's pay what you want. Um, which is, which is really cool. Uh, on Steam, it's probably a different price. But I, I would recommend getting it on itch.io instead of Steam if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, supporting. Oh, sorry. Very sleepy. Hi, coffee today. I made me super, super anxious. I've just been, like, very physically anxious all day. So do you want to talk about Greece a little yes, bit? Yes, I do. So I want to talk about a lot of things in relation to Greece. Like I said, it was one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of just physics alone, like... There was some I really liked because it's a little platformer and the but the way that it does platforming I think is really interesting and the way that it plays with physics is really interesting. You like you play as this girl and you've lost your voice and as you go along trying to find like the elements of your voice and these stars you like 
bring colors back to the world. Oh, so wow. each like section is sort of there's like an initial section and then there's the red section and the green section. Uh, and then the uh, blue section and the yellow section um, where you gain different like powers back as you like get these co- or like I don't know it's back in the first place as you like get these colors back um, and so each sort of section it flows really seamlessly together and then you ha- you accumulate like a different power and different ways to solve puzzles as the game goes along uh, in a way that I really enjoy. And the physics are really fluid, and like there's an underwater part that's just really, really beautiful. You turn, you basically are this little. You don't like turn into a stingray, but you look like this little stingray, like going through the water. It's great. Cool. Um, I know how you feel about stingrays. I love stingrays. I'm a real, a really big uh, fan of stingrays. Uh, the other thing I really like about it, from a design perspective, like it is really artistically beautiful. Like the animation's really lovely, and the way that the colors. Um, like Return to the World and stuff. Like Kai, you were saying it's really like watercolor-esque, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really lovely. Um, and the other thing I really liked about it is how I was just struck by how like attentive they are to sound. So the game has no words. It's all like music-based, basically, which I hear is like, I never played Journey, but from what I hear is what Journey is like. And um, you, everything that happens basically makes a musical tone Mm. um which is kind of an oversimplification which is the way that it's soundtracked is really lovely it's like this whole the way i would describe it is almost like playing a game that is a symphony because like as you go you like go through the it feels like movements of a symphony piece oh wow um and there's a lot of different like the way that they use instruments to like convey the tone of the various like worlds is really lovely and just a nice little detail that I was struck, really struck by is like in the water part, there's this really lovely like string piece playing. And then when you go underwater, it's muffled as though you are hearing it like oh, in that. real life. You went underwater and you're hearing it through the muffle of the mm-hmm. water, which I think was just a really lovely like little attention to detail for like the diagenic sound. Yeah. Um, it like makes the sound very tangibly diagenic in the game, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, what else do I have to say about the mechanics? I think that was the, all I had to say about, like, the way that the game is. Um, in terms of game content, um, this, so it's basically a game you play as a character named Greece. It's a Spanish game, which I'm, I'm gonna, at me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure Greece just means grief in Spanish, and it's meant to be, like, a metaphor for grief, and I would argue somewhat depression because you basically you play as this girl and you she gets her voice stolen essentially or she like loses her voice at the beginning of the game like ariel yeah kind of without the drag queen witch which is a shame which is a shame um and she like is on this statue this like woman's a statue of a uh, like a femme person holding the girl in her hand and then the statue crumbles and then you like fall so all of the game is falling which i think is really in the metaphor of grief i think mm-hmm. is really powerful that basically it's you just keep there's no you never go backwards or like revisit an area of this game you just linearly move forward mm. and it's basically which really read to me in the context of it being about grief is like if you just keep moving forward you'll get through it mm-hmm. um and i liked so you'll just be walking along and you'll solve these puzzles, whatever, and then you'll just fall down this slope. And not like clumsily or like tumbling, you'll just slide down this slope, which makes it feel not to like get to the next area. Um, sort of the way the physics are in the world, you're, you're never really building concretely up or down. Like you're mm-hmm. not just going in a, a set direction, which I think is kind of neat. Um, which I think is really neat. Um, I keep saying neat. So yeah, the the notion of like you keep moving forward and you'll get there and in that metaphor of grief, I think something really powerful about the game is it really like every time you solve a puzzle or like get to a new area, it gives it it has this really like it's hard to communicate this sense of really tangible joy, like you solved this thing and it feels like it, the game it puts these beautiful animations too and like really solidly celebrates minute achievements, mm-hmm. which I think really speaks to the process of moving through a depressive episode or moving through grief is that each small, there's no like boss fights or anything. So like yeah. a small puzzle you you solve, when you solve it and this beautiful music cue plays and this beautiful thing happens on the screen, it feels like such a joyous a, like celebration of such a minute achievement, mm-hmm. which I think is very powerful 
again, in the context of, like, when you're moving through a depressive episode, like, being able to give yourself the, like, grace to commemorate, or, like, not commemorate, to, um, sort of, like, for congratulate yourself, or, like, uh, uh, not commemorate, I guess commemorate, but, like, basically give yourself a lot of credit when you do very simple, yeah. relatively simple things. Um, you have, the game is really lovely in in its watercolor style and it's also really odd like trees are square and sometimes they're made of water and like all these things are are very surreal and kind of strange which i think is really nice like a celebration of strangeness as beauty is something Mm -hmm. i'm really interested in and it, it feels too like how when you are a person who's moving through grief or with chronic depression you can like find the strangest things beautiful or like the strangest things funny um in one of these levels you there's these little like this little like square um like rock guy in the like forest level kind of oh there's other living beings yeah there's other living beings and you never interact with them you almost never interact with them you just kind of see them around mm-hmm. so the the thing the other really cool thing about this game there's no enemies to fight there's no combat in this game at all it's always all just moving forward and puzzles to solve which is really cool like there are you there are frustrations and you encounter there's one like enemy in the game which is this big like black crow um and it like chases you but you don't actually have to run from it like it'll never catch you it'll just spook you and it'll like come up close to you but there's even one puzzle where the crow like screeches at you and you use the crow's screeches to solve the puzzle so like even your biggest impediment can be a strength in the right moment kind of like celeste yeah yeah um which i definitely need to play celeste but it it felt very similar to how i've heard celeste described in that way um it's not the game's not very difficult either which i think is really great like i think it could be a really nice tool if you are struggling just to feel some joy in moving through that because it is a very easy game too. Oh, sure. Um, like I can envision it being a good game to play like no matter what mind state I'm in because it's very soothing. Um, oh, the little rock guy. So most of the time you don't interact with these little, there's just like little kind of small creatures in the world and you don't mm-hmm. really interact with them. But there's one level where you get a little rock friend and he helps you solve puzzles and he will like the way you like earn his friendship is to um, knock square apples off of trees and he eats them and then he's your friend. Oh, like the Spyro, like the Spyro guys. Yes, and that exactly that one that. level in Ripto's Rage that eat the it's apples the and the hippos get big. Yeah. Um. So in no way is it like Spyro, other than there are apples. <laughs> <laughs> now I would argue that. And uh, in that, it also contains apples. It's exactly like yeah, Spyro. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so this little guy he like starts to follow you and there's one of your powers is you can turn into like a heavy cube which i'll talk about why i like that so much in a second mm-hmm. but he like will follow along with you and like he'll turn into a heavy cube when you do and like help you solve a puzzle and then he like jumps down a tree and you kind of lose him and then you go through the level a little bit more and you end up in this underground layer where there's a bunch of little rock dudes of varying shapes and you get to the top and you find your little square rock dude friend and he gives you a star and everybody's like in the, all the like little dudes like applaud which is so beautiful is these little like s- soft and small creatures these really like i don't know just uh, these things that mean you no harm and just will help you it's like ask, being able to ask for help i don't know it's mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was just really touching i cried um so it feels I, like metaphors just a lot of them there's it's all metaphors it's also just very pretty and satisfying just as a thing to play mm-hmm. uh but i did cry or almost cry more than one time just because it's so beautiful and because it it's so without physically like without verbally saying anything it's so evocative um it's like just so i don't know it's so i keep saying neat but it really is it's just it a neat, neat, neat game dude. um yeah it, it, it's really really touching uh and i i'm a sucker for like big sweeping string string arrangements so yeah, the sure. score was always going to get me cuz there's a lot of those but it it's just it's yeah it's so like i said without Verbally saying anything is just so touching. And when you do finally get your voice back, it is like I felt elation in my heart. It was so like I immediately want to replay this game. Oh, you just game. spoiled the game. It was so good. Well, you are moving towards getting your voice back. And I think it would be a bad game about grief if you never got Man, there. That's true. I just had I had no idea what this game was about. Um, I I'll told still you play what it was about. I, I just now I know. Well, before I said the end, I said you're a girl and you lost your voice. I know. To get your I, voice mean, back. I mean, just now, like during this podcast, like before oh, we okay. started discussing, I had no idea anything about it other than the fact that it was visually very beautiful. Yeah, and it's about grief. Um, and it, 
you are literally moving through and trying to get elements of your voice back and re-adding color to the world, which is like, for me, the process of getting out of a depressive episode or a grief spiral where mm-hmm. it's very, everything feels numbed and gray is like, yeah, I don't know. How much re-adding it cost? color to the world. Uh, I want to say $15 okay, on the Switch. That sounds like a, a good game for like, if you're having a depressive episode oh absolutely that sounds kind of difficult to do if it's $15 all the time I mean I don't think $15 is that expensive I know that people come from a variety of backgrounds but for a very good game last just last week you described Donut County as not that expensive and it was $15 I thought Donut County was cheaper than $15 it's roughly it's like 12 to 15 okay um I'll look it up in just a sec um I'll look it up right now no, I'm just, I guess I'm just saying that specifically because something that I deal with when I'm in a depressive episode is severe anxiety about spending any kind of money. I know, not everybody's you. I know, but other people have my experience. I know, I'm just saying that, like, that's, I don't think it's, I just don't think it's that expensive. No, it's definitely not that expensive. That was, that was just my discussion. $15 yes, is not that, that expensive is true. before. Um, so, Hannah, uh, hold would... on, I'm looking at how much. Uh, sixteen ninety nine on the Switch. Okay, I think it's extremely worth it. It's also on Steam. I don't know if it's, it's probably less expensive, and if it's on Steam, it'll go on sale. Yeah, that's true. Which I know we're not great on supporting Steam, but Steam is a really financially accessible way to get games. Yeah, it definitely is, um, especially with the Steam sales. But there's also a lot of um, like humble bundle stuff that you can do. Yeah, yes, there are a lot of humble bundle yeah. things. I don't know if this will ever be in humble. No, humble I have bundle. no idea. Um, so Grease is amazing. It's this really, the whole like feel of it is this sense of like grandeur and like ancient wonder and like discovery and moving. It's like generative. My, um, one of my poetry professors in college always use this phrase generative grief. Mm, I love that. Um, and that's, that's very much how this feels. It's yeah. The re-adding the color and it, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I just cried. That's sorry. My anxiety is making it really hard to think. Uh, until no, like okay. parse through took my notes. thoughts. Um, but, um, would you mind if I started talking about my games now before we run out of time? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, we yeah. Would yes. that be okay? Yes, okay. guy. What are you talking about? It's um, a podcast for both of us. I know. I just wanted to ask because I didn't know if you had anything else to say about Greece. Oh, uh, not really. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for sharing. That sounds yeah. like a really oh, good. Oh, one game. other thing is the the uh, the other thing I was going to say is the power of like turning into the heavy block. I really like the mm. celebration of like solidity and heaviness as a strength it's like every everything can help you and everything can become a strength if you use it right in the game and i, I love that lovely so the two meaty games that i played this week uh were both by deconstruct team which is this uh also spanish um gaming game development team out oh <laughs> stand by the mic phil I guess I'll just talk so we're not just in silence. Out of uh, Valencia, which is really cool. Um, And what was out of Valencia? This this uh, the game development team, deconstruct team, Um, and it's it's a quite small game development team, but they've made a lot of games. And now I know that we both took notes on the games that we played this week, but if you were to look at my notebook, it is less opinions about the games and more trying to solve these puzzles that I was presented with in, like, very, um, a a myriad of ways, because I would say, I'm gonna start with Gods Will Be Watching, because that game was made first, I believe, in, like, 2014 or 2013, um, and it is probably the most difficult game that I have ever tried to do, and I was playing it on, like, light mode, like, that was supposedly easier. It presents to you these puzzles with these, um, sort of, like, terrible ethical situations that you're p- placed in. Like, it's these it's these uh, very survival-based things, and you play the role of um, this guy whose name is, speaking of metaphors, Burden, because he's ah. constantly placed with the burden of everyone else's, like, life with him, and that just escalates and escalates and escalates as the game goes on. But I think the most interesting thing um, that ties both these games together are... The, the difficulty of the puzzles, but um, speaking of, like, grief and depression, there are, you can you can do everything right in these puzzles. Mm-hmm. Like, you can solve them the correct way or the way to get them done. There's a myriad of ways that you can solve them, too. But there is an element of chance where you can just have something terrible happen mm-hmm. that just absolutely ruins your playthrough. But what's good about it is you can restart, like, the puzzle every time. 
but occasionally you have sunk an hour into the puzzle and then some random chance thing at the end makes it just so... Just fucks it all up. Yeah, just fucks it all up and you have to start from the beginning. Man, that sounds um, so stressful. It is... Just sounds like real life. Yeah, it, it is kind of like real life, and it's incredibly stressful, but I also found it just so rewarding mm-hmm. in this specific, like, way that scratched an itch that I can't quite put my finger on, because I'm really enjoying the, like, ethical dilemma situations that you're placed in, and, like, what choices would you make in those scenarios? Um, the most interesting aspect of the game, I think, besides, like, the puzzle stuff that ties it to the Red Strings Club, which mm-hmm. was one of the most popular games, I believe, of... um. 2018 was it? Yeah, 2018. I don't know. If it was one of those popular, but it was in a bunch of people's game of the year. It was talked list. about. Yeah, it was a it was a critical darling. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, that's it a came good out way to put in it. very late 2018, and it still ended up on a lot of. Or maybe it was Greece that came out in late 2018. Greece came out in late 2018. Yeah. I think this came in out in um, early 2018. Okay. Yeah, Greece came out in like the end of December, and then immediately went on several of the Polygon people's game of the year list. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, so the, well, the thing that ties Red Strings Club and Gobs will be watching together outside of the fact that the developers have very like it's it's the, the same, same developers, developers, so yeah. it's the same aesthetic. Um, is the fact that both of these games involve you as the player in a very interesting way they like implicate you and the characters don't necessarily directly speak to you Mm -hmm. but they speak as though they are questioning you as a higher power interesting so you are responsible for like what happens with these people whose lives you are controlling which i find absolutely fascinating the fact that you are placed in these like moral and ethical decisions and then it's you yeah that it's talking like to you the player not you the character yeah you the player that so it's, the that game, it's like, also addressing to you kai who yeah you are playing the game. which i love because some of my favorite um works of literature and fiction have confronted me directly with like stop reading yeah i you like know? that in books Sometimes it kind of freaks me out because it, it feels like signal decay. Like it feels oh, it's like, very frightening. And I don't, so I don't like that but in it, a game. It reminds me distinctly of um, theater. I'm familiar. Theater with um, oh gosh, what is what is the person's name? Brecht. Yes, um, it reminds is me. Is that really who we're trying? Yeah, to that is really okay. who I was trying to think <laughs> of. It reminds me of the like the Brechtian method of. Breaking, breaking that wall breaking and breaking wall. down the barrier between the audience and the performers. It's it's basically the exact same thing. Yeah, I know you love it's that like in immersive theater. Gaming. I yeah. do, but it doesn't. We've talked about before how theater doesn't scare me in the way that other yes, mediums but this do. it is it is a little bit frightening because you're implicated in these things. So the most interesting thing about the Red Strings Club to me is that it is just queer all over the place. Like, Love it. it's highly centers a queer relationship. God, there God, who left this are, queer all over the place? There are a lot of queer characters, um, and uh, some members of the development team are queer and trans themselves. Hot shit. However, I think the most interesting thing, of, and it, it, it does queer, and it also, like, there's a character, a prominent character that uses they, them, theirs pronouns, cool. um, and it queers the notion of what it means to be a human mm-hmm. through oh gosh is it like neo-humanism um yeah. when you're or some mode of humanism where you're like post-humanism. a cyborg post-humanism thank you that's it oh I post-humanism. Was, both times i've provided you an answer i've been joking yeah well i've I was been entirely about serious the, well the the uh Picasso the, the answer is always brecht and the answer is always post. And I was, yeah i was joking about the brecht thing because the, he's the like he's the theater students like Darling. Darling. Another like darling, show. yeah. So, well, anyway, so it's it's post-humanism, and it deals with sexuality in a post-humanist sense. Cool. Like, what it cool. means to have a sexual identity when you are... Fucking robots. An, well, that, and when you when you aren't sure what the line between human and not human is. I love that. Um, and it uh, questions you with, like, these, these, like, what does it mean to be human and what is, like, ethical as a human being? Um, and what... What fascinates me about that is it does all of that, and there's also this um, thing that has been construed by a lot of people as a misstep. Hmm. Because okay. In the game. In the game. Because one of the things that you have to do in the game in order to finish the game is find out the dead name of uh, one of the trans characters mm-hmm. in the game. Um and 
a lot of people reacted very uh, emotionally and reasonably with upset to that. There are articles written about that. Okay, no need to make fun. That's how I speak. That's what our podcast Um, does. With upset isn't a sentence. With upset is a sentence. A lot of people reacted with upset. Um, They were upset. Please just let me finish. So a lot of people got upset about the fact that you had to discover this trans woman's dead name Mm -hmm. in order to like beat the game. Um, and this, this question, this, like, this was brought to the developers by, uh, Waypoint, Daniel Reendow, um, through Vice Magazine, uh, in early 2018, and what the developers, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry, um, why is it only Kai's phone? That's so I weird. have no we idea. Have same- oh, we have different cell phone providers. I bet that's what it is. Yeah, that probably is it. So, what's, what's really interesting about this game is that, one of the three-person team is is transgender, and uh, she came out in the middle of the development of this game. Um, and she talks about the fact that not every single trans person is, like, bothered by dead naming, and it... Sorry, it's important... It's, like, important to to use all of those things because the character in which you are discovering this information from is portrayed as a dick, like as an asshole. Um, I want to hear you keep talking because normally I'd be like, that's not an excuse to misgender them. No, you're not misgendering anyone. Well, that's not an excuse to find out their dead name. No, no, I mean like the character that you are playing as is discovering like this information. Oh, you're the, your player character is a dick. No, no, no. no. Another character is a dick, and his password to something is another character's dead name. Gotcha. And you have to discover that other character's dead name to access this password. Gotcha. Is the situation, and that guy is, like, portrayed to be a dick. Well, yeah. Um, And that's what I wanted to talk about. That's what I wanted our discussion to be, because I know that, like, dead naming sucks and i don't think there's really generally any excuse for it but i also think that it's a reality of the trans experience Mm -hmm. and i would feel should we shut up while that goes by oh no is it pulling onto our street what's going on hold on there's a fire truck outside it's going through the alley okay it's gone um Um, i mean i know that uh dead naming is, is a part of the trans experience a lot of the time unless you don't change your name um and that is a shitty reality but it's a reality that i feel like we have to contend with but i don't necessarily think that it's necessary to i i do think that it's necessary to contend with in our fiction because there are a lot of things that you could criticize the red strings club for there is um there is like uh the death of queer people um, but there's the death of a lot of people. Right. If, like, it's an, if it's an experience where not only the queer characters dying, I think that's fine. If it's an experience, it's like in horror. If everyone's dying. It depends f- on how you play the game who all dies. Okay. But lots of people die, not just queer people necessarily. Necessarily. Like everybody is eligible for death. Yeah. Basically. It's not just queer people queer who are people eligible are to die. The queer people are not specifically more eligible no, to die. No, most definitely not. However, there's, I'm just saying there's a lot of angles that you could approach this game from. But I'm curious how you feel about approaching, like... The dead naming. The dead naming, let alone the dead naming, like, issues of queer reality in, in video games like this. Um, I don't know that I have necessarily a right to speak on dead naming. No, sure. Um, but I mean, not specifically dead naming issues yeah. of queer reality. I think I would feel very, very different about it, obviously, if the game wasn't made by a trans woman, among others. Mm-hmm. Like, I think because she is, it is... Good lord. Sorry. Someone two houses down, I think. Uh-oh. Is having a medical emergency. Yeesh, I hope that they're okay. Me too. Um, ooh. You sure it's two houses down and not next? Okay, we'll talk about this Keep later. Keep going, we're short it's on this, time. This way down oh, the okay. On the oh, yeah, yeah, because I can see so it out the back window. People are always working on their fence. Not, uh... Or next door to that person. This is the okay. two-story home. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Anyway, I hope everybody's okay. Sorry. <laughs> Very distracted. We can delete that part. Um... That I think that if it was not a trans woman doing that, I would obviously feel very negatively. Like, if there were no trans people or trans women specifically, I think, involved in the development of this mm-hmm. game, I would feel very negatively about it. Sure. Because I would be like, that is not your place to portray that experience. But because a trans woman worked on it, 
it's like you could cr- like if the album Transgender Dysphoria Blues was not made, like if Lord and Grace had not come out before it was not That'd made be super by a trans up. woman, there would be so much fucked up shit on it. Like similarly, um, when uh, Amanda Palmer has that song about like uh, sex change, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And um, she has been panned for yeah. that. She also, yeah, and I think she agrees with the panic. She made it like 15 years ago. Yeah, I'm not it's saying not that excuse, she's a bad but person. Like, yeah, I'm just she, saying she is queer, like, but she's not an excuse to no, speak to. The, she doesn't have the, the right to speak to that experience. So because it is uh, made by a trans woman, I don't think it is my place to criticize or not criticize that choice because I think she is making a choice to portray an experience that she has a right to speak to, um, and so I don't think it's my place to say she should or shouldn't do that in her game. Um, I understand that I think in general that would be a bad quest. I think it's maybe somewhat dampened by a bad person is the reason for you having to do this quest. But it's still a choice that the developers are making to make you figure this out. Mm-hmm. And the developer making you figure it out is a trans woman. So yep. it makes it more just like an uncomfortable autobiographical experience and less... Not necessarily autobiographical, but like... It could be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just I mean, like, think, heightened autobiography. Like, it's in the yeah. f- cyberpunk future. I tend to think that um, something that I think we need to work harder at finding a balance toward is there's this discussion of whether we should be only telling, like, positive queer representation so, like, young queer people know that, like, it's okay to be queer. But I really do think that it needs to be balanced with honest representations no, of what it is, yeah. at, like... I was about to say actually like because I do think that a lot of aspects of being queer absolutely suck. But I know that we say to each other all the time, gosh, I am very glad I'm not oh, straight. Yeah, which I think which is I true. Am. But um, it's kind of like how I wish more people were honest about you with you about how much college sucks. Yeah, like, yeah. People are always like, it's going to be a great time. Or like going abroad, it sucks. No, like, you, a lot of things, you and get I'm, taken away from your entire support system. Right, like I'm not saying like I had the privilege to go abroad and I'm really happy that I had that opportunity and I'm happy that I did it. But I wish more people had been like the narrative of abroad is, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be life changing. And that's kind of similar with college where I wish there was more honest discussion of it's going to be really hard and parts of it are going to be really shitty and suck a lot. And I think that is because I think presenting an only positive experience is going to it's do, disingenuous. It's disingenuous, and I think it's almost equally harmful because then it, it yeah. sets you up to expect all the shit that you don't get. Like, no, if more definitely. people have been honest with me about how much the experience of college and or the experience of going abroad were going to suck ass, I would have felt like less of a failure when it was sucking ass. Like, every time it was sucking ass, when I was abroad especially, I was like, I'm wasting my money. Why am I here? Like, this feels like I'm not getting the, ex- the life-changing experience that I'm supposed to be getting when in reality it was just a part of the experience that I was really depressed and like it sucked while no, it was there. definitely. And I'm, so if anybody had prepared me that that was a possibility, I would have felt more okay with that happening. I think that um, it's, it's really important, especially in transition narratives or like narratives that involve trans people in them to have a kind of like broad view because this character is also portrayed as like this very powerful like sexual awesome woman and she's also fat which is awesome like it's really and it's not like made a joke of right Um, it just feels like to me sorry it's it's just really uh powerful i think because something that i think i i i don't know like if i what i mean by i wish i had or i wanted or i didn't want or i wish i didn't have is like um before I uh, transitioned socially as well as medically, I feel like I was uh, ignorant to the realities of what that would be like, even though I have read a lot of trans narratives because that is dependent, like your experience is dependent on the individual. But my least favorite thing that we're doing for trans youth, especially trans teens right now, is just focusing on the positive of what will happen if you transition um and it's an entirely different story like if you're stealth but even if you're stealth somebody might have your dead name as their password and somebody has to figure out your shit you know like there's a lot of stuff that goes down with that transitioning as an adult is entirely different than trans just transitioning as a kid i know i just read this book trans kids where there's a lot of theory about that but like it I feel like we need to have more balanced narratives, and personally, I feel like the Red Strings Club does that so successfully because it, it, in every aspect of this game, you are dealt these 
ethical dilemmas that you, the player, just have to confront within yourself. Like, what would I do in this mm-hmm. situation? Like, how does this make me feel as a human being? Right. Like, it's supposed, part of it is it's supposed to make you feel bad. It's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and it's also supposed to make you feel like joyous and like you're doing mm-hmm. something good and totally. beautiful and also like shitty. Like, you feel so shitty. Totally. At the end of it, I cried 100%. I also cried. Um, and I, like, went to go sit in Hannah's room for a couple minutes just to, like, recenter myself because I was so um, impacted. Yeah. Uh, so it's a beautiful, beautiful game. And I think that there are a lot of discussions worth having surrounding mm-hmm. what the various pieces of the game ask of you as oh, totally. the player and the human being. Totally. As well I, as the yeah. fact that it's so successful with its stories. Mm-hmm. Both of these games just have the most brilliant, like not necessarily, okay, I won't say the most brilliant, but very, very good stories. Like if I were to read these stories in a book, especially with the Red Strings Club more so than Gods Will Be Watching, I would be like, that was an incredible fucking book. Yeah. I need to play Red Strings Club for sure. Yeah, you do. I also think too, it's it's a different discussion when the people who are reacting this way like are adults and like red i mean probably kids are playing red strings club but it's not marketed to kids it's not a kids game it's rated m i assume i think it's probably rated m or t yeah there's mature themes um so violence i mean you're working as a bartender so i think it might have to be right oh i don't know um and uh so it's like this game is for adults to teach adults, like to put adults in ethical conundrums. I would I would say that it is geared towards adults. Yeah. And like many things can be for adults and kids will have access to them anyway, but this game I think is built for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in that way it is, as long as it's presenting a balanced narrative of this character, which it sounds like it is, it's just presenting a reality of her situation. And again, when it's made by somebody who shares that identity, then it... it that makes me more inclined to accept that. Right. But like I was saying, like it doesn't feel like my place to tell her that she shouldn't write that experience. No, exactly. I feel like that's just something that we're seeing more and more as there's a lot of like um, calling out happening for developers, which I think yeah. is good because we should be criticizing a lot of the gaming industry for being like, why are you telling that story? Like that's a yeah. shitty story to tell or like... Um, I'm tired of seeing white men in my games. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I am. Why did you speak to an experience that isn't yours and do it poorly? Like, why didn't you consult the voices of people? Yeah, exactly. So, like, there are valuable questions to be asked, but I also think that it would be very similar to coming up to me after my like autobiographical show and being like, "You misrepresented the trans experience." And I'm like, "Somebody fair." (laughs) Somebody what? Somebody did do that. Really. Yeah, one of your friends didn't like how you ended the show and like disagreed oh, with Oh, right. Them. Yeah, and that's like, true. Well, it doesn't matter what you think about it. Because it's, it's my, my story. Experience. Yeah, that's true. Oh, fuck. I forgot that that, that happened. happened. Oh, man. And I had yeah. to leave that conversation. I was like, I'm going home now. Goodbye. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, yeah, I mean, people are going to criticize you no matter what you do. And I right. think that that's fair and valid because I do appreciate the fact that I was criticized because I think that that helps you grow. Oh, totally. But I also think that like, that, that was a valuable game. Yeah, I want to play it really yeah. bad. I think everybody should play Grease too. It's a little bit more of an atmospheric piece, but it does tell... I just want to... I mean, it's, you can't really yeah, spoil it. Like I, mean, I already said the ending, but I, I, I don't want it to like tell the whole story. But Please don't. It's hard to do because it's it, an atmospheric piece that tells a story through sound and movement. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's like playing... It's like the concept of Fantasia. It was like Love animating that. a symphony. It was... It was like I said, sound and movement, and that's how it told the story. And it tells a really effective story about falling and triumph and fear and grief and rising therefrom wordlessly, which I think is in many ways the opposite of Red Strings Club, which is very text-based. I think that it's it uses its non-textual elements in a very similar way to Greece because they feel yeah. so good. It, yeah, it just, like I said, it's very evocative in the mm-hmm. literal sense. Like it makes you yeah. feel feeling so good. Um, Aaron and I have to go to rehearsal in 15 minutes. I'm aware of that. Um, so I'm not yelling at anybody. I'm just saying we should, uh, yeah, I've been working towards we're wrapping it up. wrap this bad boy up. Um, hold on. I, okay. I real quick before I, I want to be able to respond to what you just said. Um, I, I think Red Strings Club took me about three hours to play. Um, very worthwhile. It's pretty cheap on Steam and I believe, it, I, I think it's available, um, it's see you just described it as pretty cheap. It's fifteen dollars on Steam. Is it fifteen dollars yes. on Steam? It's pretty cheap in a bundle uh, with uh, God's I'll be watching. Yeah, on it's Steam. like twenty eight. Yeah, it's like twenty five, I think. Um, so it's pretty cheap, uh, pretty fast. Um, God's I'll be watching can take anywhere between like 
five hours or 15, depending on how good you are at how puzzles. good you are at puzzles um, and what difficulty you play it as, because I had it easy. Yeah. Uh, uh, all beautiful say, yeah. games. Uh, one, one Night Hot Springs, also very beautiful. Pay what you can. And more of like a, a like a choice-based like text game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's our indie game roundup for the week. We've rounded up some indie games. We've put them in our pasture and we are showing them, making them do their runs so we can show them you, you their beautiful gate. So Yeehaw, that you I'm excited to be back. Purchase them. Uh, we're very excited. Next week we will have a episode. Is next week guest week? Yeah. The fourth week of the month? Yeah. I thought it was the first week of the month. No. First week is big game. Right. So next week is guest week, and I think we have a guest who wants to be on. So uh, we'll talk about that after this. Stay Great. tuned. Oh. It's a guest who is, most of their interaction with video games has been um, Lego Wii games, and they've played all of them. I love that. This is a surprise guest to me right now, just like you. Keeping it on your toes. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, podcast form basically wherever google play wherever you get your podcasts we would love if you would rate review and subscribe um you can find us on instagram at gay gamers on facebook at gay gamers if anybody even uses facebook anymore uh twitter at gay gamers uh nobody uses twitter anymore um a lot of people use twitter we just had this conversation the other day where you said what i said and i said what you said yeah so whatever and um you can email us if if it's the Email us at ifitsgayweplay at gmail.com. Do you have some suggestions for what indie games to play uh, next month? Oh, we would love that. Yeah, let us know. We're uh, still planning on playing Monster Prom. Yeah, we've got a lot. I've gotten a lot of suggestions in the past that we need to revisit, but if you have any new suggestions, I mean, I know it's the beginning of the year, so not a lot of games have come out this year yet, but uh, any suggestions about indie games to play on the PC, the Mac, the Switch, the PS4, the Xbox One, uh, slide into our DMs and let us know. Please. Um... Stay tuned slash tune in to stickpokeprod.com. You can see the other shows on the network. Uh, this is Grandma's House and Encyclopedia. Uh, shows about what makes people the way that they are. Stay tuned for Spatial. We're very excited for Spatial. Um, it's going to be really cool. Uh, probably another couple other shows coming to the network this year if everything works out. So mm-hmm. um, we need to go because Aaron and I have to rehearse for a really cool Shakespeare project we've got <laughs> coming up. Slash table read. And that's the sound Aaron makes about it. So, um, as always, keep being games. Keep playing gay. And fuck shit up. We reversed the order reversed that, and that really threw me off. Yeah. I mean, uh, which proved I was listening. Yeah, which is good. <laughs> That's good yes ending. Okay, goodbye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.